0: Welcome into the Fog.net podcast. Michael Swain here after KU got its first Big 12 loss of the season and the second loss on the season. A 77 to 60 loss at Iowa State. And that was an ugly game. There's no two ways about it. KU set a season high with 24 turnovers in the game. It was a really ugly contest, and KU couldn't stop gifting away possessions to the other team. I saw a tweet from Jesse Newell after the game saying that this was the sixth worst turnover percentage in Self's 557 games. KU ended a third of its possessions tonight with a turnover, and they ended up with 15 at halftime, And really, the start of the game was a good indication of how the rest of the game was going to turn out. KU had five turnovers in the first four minutes, right before the under-16 timeout. Three of which were credited to LeGerald Vick, one of which was credited to Von Dotson, and one was credited to Diedrich Lawson. Now, before we dive into all the turnovers, I think it's pretty important that we get this out of the way. This was going to be a tough game for KU to win. Before the game started, it was announced that Yudoka Azebuki would be out because of a wrist injury he suffered in practice yesterday. So, right off the bat, you're going to be without your most efficient score on the team. And you could, I saw people tweeting that this could be good going against Iowa State because they do play a smaller lineup. And I do agree that matchup wise, on paper, it would make sense because Iowa State plays a six foot six power forward. It didn't play out that way, though. The turnovers got in the way, but going into the game, KU was ranked 7th on Kempom, Iowa State 16th. Not a big difference there, and that's a smaller gap than KU had going against Arizona State when they lost in Tempe earlier this year. Now, outside of the turnovers, KU you know, didn't trail by much at half. It was 32-36, to 36, but in the second half, Iowa State started making shots. And that was a big difference, was in the first half, Iowa State went 4 of 12 from 3. In the second half, they started making shots and went 9 of 13 from 3. And that was the biggest difference in the game, was really Iowa State knocking down more of those open threes that they missed in the first half. But so diving into those turnovers now, you had 15 in the first half, 24 in the game, 7 of which came from LeGerald Vick, 6 of which came from Diedrich Lawson, and five from Devon Dotson. So for some perspective, I looked at the past turnovers that they've had this year. With well, Vick's most he had this year was KU's previous game against Oklahoma. He had four. Diedrich Lawson's most that he had was way back against Louisiana, where he had five. And Devon Dotson had five turnovers in KU's loss to Arizona State. I thought the player of the game to me was Quentin Grimes. I thought he built perfectly off that game against Oklahoma. He continued to slash well in aims, and he did start making some outside shots. And that was the interesting thing for me was how Quentin Grimes reacted to kind of a slow start. He took a charge, or he had a charge early on in the game and missed his first two shots, but you didn't see him dip his head like you had maybe in past games. And I really liked that. I thought that was really encouraging to see some perseverance from him and not let that affect him and him become passive, because KU really did need his scoring from outside. And he made a three in the first half and then made two in the second half. And I really liked how down the stretch he had it going and he started taking some tougher shots. One of which was a pull up that I thought was maybe a little bit questionable, but he was hot, so I think that it was you know passable because KU really needed to get back in the game. Grimes finished 7 of 14 from the field and 3 of 6 from 3. I really did like also how he got on their boards. That's not necessarily been something that he does consistently this year. He got 4 rebounds, 2 of which were offensive. And again, I just really liked his mindset throughout the game. Moving on to someone else that I thought stood out. Not as much as Grimes, because Grimes I think far and away was the best player in this game. I thought Marcus Garrett was okay eight points on four of eight shooting, four rebounds, two turnovers. He didn't get a steal, but he had one that was close. He poked the ball away from his man. And I really did like that he consistently is, you know, playing defense and you can really count on him to get basically eight points a game. So I thought that he really just stayed within his role. He didn't overperform, didn't really underperform. And then you kinda of get to Diedrich Lawson, which was a really it was a really interesting game for him. Because I think you kind of expected him to take over early on in the game, and KU force-fed him almost to a fault. He would be in the post, and he'd have you know his man on him, and then as soon as the ball looked like they were going to you know go to a post-entry, the Iowa State players would basically just swarm on him, a lot like what you saw with Oklahoma, and it made it really tough for Lawson to get the ball and to even get anything going. And I think that that's how a lot of those turnovers happened in the first half, was from those sort of opportunities where Iowa State would – crowd him and KU would still try and force that ball in and they would just be able to poke it loose. Deidre did finish with 13 points on five of 11 shooting and he really did leave some points out there again. He missed a couple sitters. He had one putback that he should have had and he also went three of six from the free throw line somewhat uncharacteristic for him but he did get 12 rebounds two of which were offensive. It was his 10th double double of the year also had three assists, but again, it was just the six turnovers for him in the post. I didn't count how many times that he had it bounce off of his leg in the post, but it was more than usual, and they were rather clumsy with the ball. And I think the biggest thing just at the start of the game, and this will lead me into my, my point about Devon Dotson, Devon's great because he pushes the pace and he can really get KU going when Diedrich Lawson and Doker are in the game because they do... They do slow it down to you know, get the post entries to Doak and Diedrich, and I think that at sometimes you do need Devon or someone to push the pace a little bit just to get some extra points. But I thought that tonight, it really showed that he really was a freshman. You know, Early on when KU was struggling with those turnovers, Devon continued to push the pace and, and kind of, I felt like, sped KU up more and more. And this is something that, that Quentin Grimes said in the post-game press conference. Was that he felt like KU was really sped up at the beginning and didn't slow down. And I think that that's a point where you'd see in the past, you know, a Frank Mason, a Devontae Graham, any really senior upperclassman guard say, okay, guys, you know, really sloppy start. Let's slow down here. Let's not, you know, let's not freak out. Let's just get the ball to Diedrich, let him do his thing, or at least find another way to score the ball. Dotson finished with eight points on three of five shooting. I thought that he really did have a good start to the game scoring the ball-wise. He made you know the classic corner three for him that he's really knocked down this year. I do want to look at what percentage he's shooting from the corner because I feel like it's over 50 compared to the rest of his three-point attempts from you know, the other shots that he can take. He also did get on the boards well, which I did like, and I thought that this was interesting as well. Five KU players had two offensive rebounds. You had Diedrich Lawson had two offensive rebounds. Marcus Garrett had two offensive rebounds. Quentin Grimes had two offensive rebounds, and even Charlie Moore got on the boards and had two offensive rebounds. But again, going back to Dotson, you know, I thought he was a little bit rash in transition as well. You saw, you know, again when KU really needed to slow it down, he pushed the pace and kind of threw a wild shot up and off the backboard. And then moving on to someone that I thought was disappointing again, it's LeGerald Vic. He had six points on two of eight shooting. He was a no-show in the second half. I really, I thought that this game, when when you saw that Doke was going to be out, I thought that this would be a perfect game for LeGerald Vic to have a, a more of a high-volume game where he's taking more shots and maybe taking, you know, some of those tougher shots that I personally am not a fan of, but I thought that KU would need that from him today. A little more of that alpha dog mentality along with Diedrich, especially when Diedrich was struggling early. But you didn't see that from him. I thought he was really passive in the second half. And even in the first half, you know, he made those two threes. But besides that, you know, he had those turnovers and really didn't do much else. I think that the big thing for him is really when that shot isn't falling is finding the other ways to influence the game. You know, he did have four rebounds. He did have a steal. But again, it's just finding other ways to get other guys shots that you wish that he would do a little bit more of because he has that talent. He's so athletic that he can get to the rim whenever he wants, really. And you kind of want him to maybe make the defense collapse a little bit more and help other guys get open shots instead of being a spot-up shooter that he would be in the past. But now that you know it's a senior season, you, you would expect a little bit more from him in that regard. And I wanted to look at this as well, because it felt like since he had gotten benched that it really had felt like a while since he had had a really breakout game. And I know he scored 29 points against Villanova, which was another one of those solid games that he had. So I looked at the numbers between before the Wofford game, when he was starting, and then post-Wofford game, the two games that he was benched, one of them for missing shoot around against Wofford. And then the second one was for having a really bad Thursday practice ahead of New Mexico State. In the six games before he was benched, he averaged 20.8 points on 54.5% shooting from two and 59.6% shooting from three. Additionally, he had four rebounds, 1.8 assists, 1.5 steals, and 2.3 turnovers. But the big thing that I really want to focus on is the shooting. Because we'll look at this later, but the, really the shooting is the biggest thing that has been lacking from him as of late. So then you go into the post Wofford benching. That's including the Wofford game, New Mexico State, and onward. KU has played in eight games. In those eight games, he's averaging nine points on forty-seven percent from two and twenty-eight point eight percent from three. The rest of the numbers do look familiar, you know, from what he had earlier in the season. rebounds, 1.87 assists, 1.7 steals, and 3.1 turnovers. And today's game will inflate the turnover number, but before this he was averaging around the same turnovers at 2.5. But the big thing is the shooting, and you have to wonder just about his confidence because if you think back to last year, he had one game that really threw him off. It was that Washington game. He scored a lot of points in that game, but if you remember... Washington basically dared him to score at the center of the zone because KU had Doak and they had LeGerald at the four, playing kind of that high post role that you saw Diedrich play against Eastern Michigan. And after that, LeGerald Vic really struggled to get going again. And before that, he was shooting the ball really well and he was playing incredibly well. And again, it's just, it just makes you wonder about his confidence right now because you, it can't be high, but about what he's going to continue to be because going forward it feels like for Kansas to go far, it needs Lagerald Vick and Quentin Grimes both to be shooting well and scoring the ball from outside. Especially if teams are going to continue to make things crowded in the paint for Dietrich and Kendoke, just like you saw against Oklahoma and just like you saw tonight against Iowa State. And I think going forward, the biggest thing that I'll be watching for is how KU is going to go about maneuvering in the post, especially if there's going to be two bigs, because you saw tonight, even with one big in Diedrich, everyone knows now that Diedrich's gonna be the go-to guy in the post. And that's the biggest thing, is that how are they going to find ways to get Diedrich the ball in good positions where there isn't a crowd? And you saw it against Oklahoma. I believe CJ Moore pointed this out and I really liked it. KU had done a little fake pick and roll where they acted like they were going to set a screen up on the wing, and then instead they threw the ball into Diedrich, and Brady Manic was on Diedrich at the time. This was against Oklahoma, and Oklahoma didn't have time to double or move guys over to crowd Diedrich, and Diedrich made a little pull up uh, in the post. And I think that that's the ways that Bill Self is going to have to continue to be clever with how he gets the ball to Diedrich and/or Doak in the post, and especially if Doak and Diedrich are going to play at the same time. I'm really interested to see how they're going to use Diedrich, especially because. Doak plays his best when Diedrich is on the floor, and Diedrich arguably plays his best when Doak isn't on the floor. So those are really my thoughts from overall from the game. I'm not freaking out after this game. I think Bill self-said it after after the contest. The sky's not falling. KU lost at home to Texas Tech last year early in Big 12 play. They still came back and won the Big 12 by multiple games. And this is really no reason for fans to concern themselves. I think KU is still going to win the Big 12 this year. There's no doubt about it in my mind, personally. But I think that this was definitely, you could consider it a trap game, for lack of a better word. Iowa State is an up-and-coming team. They're not ranked right now. They're definitely going to be ranked this week, or at least I would have them ranked if I had an AP ballot. But them getting Landell Wigington back was really big, and they just had some guys make shots down the stretch. And I was really, really just so impressed with how Hal Burton played. I thought it was really interesting. I didn't know anything about him. He really impressed me, and I think Iowa State is a really good team that's going to surprise some people that maybe thought that they would be just another middle-of-the-road Big 12 team. But looking forward, KU plays TCU at home next Wednesday. That'll be a good time to hopefully get Doak back. There was no timetable mentioned, and I had not seen any comments after the game to suggest when Doak will be back. But you have to assume it'd be a, a day-to-day sort of injury, just because it sounded like, again, just from reading the release and my interpretation of it, it felt like Doak maybe held himself out of the game because he just wasn't feeling right. So you do wonder if he'll be ready for next Wednesday. He does have, you know, three or four days to get rested and get ready. So with that said, we will talk to you after Wednesday night's TCU game. Oh,